Yeah. Outside, you know, I know a lot of people are weary of family businesses, but because of the dynamics and because of the fallout, but at the same time, it's like, it's you against the world. And who better to be against the world than with your family? You know, if you come from a family that is, that is connected. Cousin, it's so great to be here today with Let you Let me again. tell you, man, it's another episode of the Legacy Podcast. Franklin, you know, this has been going so well. I absolutely get up every day thinking, when are we going to film again? But, you know, the importance of this is the fact that we have a story to tell. And that gets me really excited. Absolutely. And the beautiful thing for me is because this is about Samila, who I never met, Every time we have another guest on, I'm learning so much about our family. You know, I now understand why Felicity only likes to wear dresses. Oh, she's such a girly <laughs> girl. So I want to tell you something. Um, when I look back at where we are and you look at where Felicity is, I mean, who's only three? Three? Four. She's four now. And you look at myself, and we're just one generation separated. I'm not going to say what my age is. But you look at, you look at what our grandparents, our forebears have created over this, um, these five generations of building businesses, of imparting knowledge, of, um, you know, just encouraging us to be all that we are, to reach self-actualization. Today, you know, coming here and we're talking with another family Bahamian family, that is, that are also building generational businesses. Absolutely. And they have the most incredible brand, Lewis they and do. Steen's Coffees. I think everybody in the Bahamas now must know of Lewis and Steen's Coffees. Come out of nowhere. I know that everybody thinks of the big brands when it comes to coffee, but I'm a personal customer of Lewis and Steen's. I'm sure you are as well. Absolutely. And Eugenia, she, she just loves the place. The only thing is in the far west. So my only plug from this podcast before we introduce our guests is one in the East would really make Absolutely. life a lot but, but But I'll tell you, the great thing is they really didn't come from just out of anywhere because, and we, we got to introduce them because they're a dynamic family. Sure. But when you think about the values that we espouse as a family, education, yep. um, this Russell family that we're going to be talking to today, you know, the foundation of much of what they did is what um, the grandmother did. And that was early education. Absolutely. And so you see why we have such brilliance in them today. So Loretta, before you go to the guests, I'm gonna let you introduce the guests. We just wanna thank our sponsors, of course, the Echo here at Bahama, who provide this incredible venue for us to host these episodes. And of course, the Butler Legacy Foundation, who continues to sponsor the work of this podcast. And so Loretta, now that we thanked our sponsor, I'm gonna turn it over to you to put a name to the faces. Well, thank you very much. And I love this space, so thank you very much. Thank you very much. So we're pleased to have today as our guest, the Russell family. And I must tell you, they hail from a geographical area of New Providence called the Valley. So anyone knows about the history of Nassau, New Providence, the Valley. And of course, so we have with us today, we have Mrs. Joyce Russell, we have Mr. Larry Russell, the son of the late Annie Russell, 
uh, who was the most amazing preschool teacher, I think yeah. everybody of significance, who came up through the valley, went to Annie Russell's preschool, and of course we have their next generation, um, Quinn Russell, the son of Joyce and Larry. And so I'd like to introduce you all. And as I said off camera, you all, not only are you successful, you're a good looking family. <laughs> thank you, thank, thank you, you very much. much. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. So we want to welcome you to this Butler Legacy podcast, uh, Quinn, Larry, and of course, uh, Joyce. Joyce. We just delighted to have you with us. And we're gonna talk a little bit about, you know, families and business, you know, you guys have come to the come to Nassau mm -hmm. um, with this brand Lewis and tell us a little bit about how the journey how you guys started in, in, in business as a family okay. well it's an honor to be a part of this podcast and and and, and involved with the Butler family which has been a, a legacy the uh, the brand uh, Lewis and Stein came came over a 25 year period this is something that my wife Joyce uh, had in her spirit, uh, wanting to get into our own business in the Bahamas. Joyce came from a business, family business, oh, and I'll let her talk about a family business. Well, for me, I grew up in a family business. Okay. Uh, I would say from about the age of six years old. Uh, my father worked at a brick factory in Louisiana, Hammond, Louisiana, and uh, my mother was a school teacher. And they lived very minimally. Uh, it was five of us. At the time, it was four. And um, they saved. They worked very hard, and they saved. And so um, at a certain point, when they had enough, they were able to purchase uh, some property that had a little wooden shack on it um, in a black community. Okay. It was owned by a white landlord. And he rented this little wooden shack out to um, a black lady. And they called, what she did, she ran what they call a sweet shop. I uh -huh. don't know if a sweet shop is yeah, yeah. something mm -hmm. that you know of in mm -hmm. the Bahamas, but that we had sweet shops in a community uh, in Louisiana. And so he purchased that, and so then he became the landlord. But he continued to work at the brickyard. And my mother continued to teach, they continued to save. And so at a certain point, again, they had enough money, and so um, he allowed you know, this lady to continue her business there. Okay. But then at a certain point, he came, left the brick factory, and came in to that community and built the first grocery store owned by a black man. Awesome wow. story. Wow. You don't know how that ties in so much <laughs> with the history of Sir Milo. So I mean, the women influencing the move, Sir Milo's mother. Yes. And then creating the grocery store. Yep. What parallels? Yes. What yeah. parallels? And, that's and those are the seeds. Those are the sacrifices. Mm -hmm. Just as you said, from six years old, six. I bet you, you guys were in there helping as well. Well, yes. From, <laughs> I would say, seven I, that I remember. I would, uh, on weekends and Saturdays, um, my dad, he would allow us to come to the store to work on the weekends so that he, on the Saturday, so he could go home and have a nap. And so, <laughs> Same and so it was a, a two hour time period. And um, the four of us would have specific roles. 
my role was to reload the Coca-Cola machine, <laughs> to uh, restock the ice cream box. Uh, we had a stamper that you set with prices on, and so I had to set the stamper and then go and stamp all the, the Individually. products in the store mm -hmm. on the shelves. Absolutely. You remember that too? Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I worked from that point from age of seven. And, then and these are the roots that yeah. we sometimes yeah. do not see that create the trunk and the trees and the fruits that we enjoy today. That's exactly Love it. that. Yeah. So yeah. tell us a little bit more how Lewis and Steens, you know, it's incredible history, you know, that you've come from, um, but tell us specifically how the Lewis and the Steens evolved over these 25 years from that yeah. grocery store, the first black owned grocery store, you know, well, in a black community. In the community, coffee was always uh, something that every household had. And um, we loved coffee. You know, everybody loved coffee. And so we grew up fixing, preparing coffee for our father. Uh. Now, of course, we couldn't drink coffee. <laughs> but my dad would um, come in every evening from you know, work, and he would say to my mom, uh, my mother was Ernestine, and so uh, he, he would holler from the room and say, Ernestine, tell one of those gals to get me, give me a swallow of coffee. One of our drinks we call a swallow, because my dad called it a swallow of coffee. Mm -hmm. And that swallow was really a very small amount of coffee, which was really espresso. Yeah. And so um, that is where we, you know, from there, we just... Um, it was always in me that I wanted to have a market, a store. Interesting. Mm -hmm. and Fantastic. So I'll jump in. So yes, my, please my do. My mom quit. and my dad, the same you know, upbringing that my mom had where she had to make coffee for my parents, my brothers and I, we all had to make coffee every evening for them um, after dinner. And so we grew up in the house making coffee. We couldn't drink it, obviously. We would sip a little bit. That was going to be my question. Right? <laughs> we would sip a little bit of it. And so we just, from a very young age, we all became a coffee family. Before the big brands became household names, this was our lifestyle growing up, just serving coffee, um, enjoying Cajun Creole foods in our household. And whenever we would have guests over, my mom would always make gumbo or etouffee, um, shrimp and grits, you know, classic Louisiana dishes that um, just are not available in the Bahamas. And so people would always say, you have to share this with more people. And so over the years, we always talked about, you know, doing a family business together, but we all had our own different goals and visions and, and lives. And so the timing was never right. Um, and so when it was meant to happen, that's when it did happen. And that's so right. my brother, um, who actually uh, worked at Bahamar um, during the beginning phases, um, you know, he was always pushing us to come together to mm -hmm. make uh, this business that we talked about. And so, you know, he really pushed everyone to come together. He moved home from Philadelphia. He was working there for about 10 years in the US. He's an electrical engineer. And so he met his wife here at Bahamar, uh, oh. Tara, uh, um, Tara Bastian, now Tara Russell. And so when everything just fell into place, when they were dating, when they were talking and, and then getting married, we, they all were just kind of pushing us all to come together. And so I was away working in the US my parents were in Grand Bahama, and my brother just, you know, uh, created that vision um, and, and celebrated our grandparents, Louis and Ernestine. And 2016, we found our first location, and that, you know, that's where we started. 
What an amazing amalgamation mm. of talents, of mm -hmm. stories, of history yeah. that created Lewis and Steens. Yeah. Yeah. What I'd like to add to that, though, is that I challenged my son, who was an MBA, to put together a business plan. Now, this is the business side of me coming yeah. in. Because in business, you have to have a strategic plan. Right. Mm -hmm. You have to know what you're doing. Yeah. And so with an MBA in, in finance, I challenged him to put together a business plan, and I will review it. And once he presented the business plan to us as a family, we said, let's go. Let's do it. It made sense. The numbers made sense. The plan made sense. And there was no specialty coffee in the Bahamas. And we saw a niche market. Mm -hmm. wow. We created yeah. a vision for this market. And, and what we did was we qualified ourselves. Um, we went and trained ourselves in the, in the specialty coffee business. The entire family went off to the US. Uh, my oldest son became a certified coffee roaster. Really? Mm -hmm. Is yes. such a thing? Yeah. By the US, oh, yeah. US Coffee <laughs> yeah. Association. And my, my middle son, who was an electrical engineer, he became a certified technical uh, troubleshooter on, e on, on equipment. Mm -hmm. So what we did was we, we made ourselves very self-sufficient yeah. and qualified before we opened the door. Yeah. You perfected the art of the business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is correct. Yeah. And what you did was you were not afraid as you will find in family businesses, mm -hmm. to do the nitty gritty yeah. to make the extraordinary things happen. Correct, correct. And so as a family, as the butlers, mm -hmm. just as you all were serving, your mother was working mm -hmm. from the time she could see over the counter and we were brought into the stores, this is what people don't get. Mm -hmm. And That's the good. sacrifice yeah. of leaving very lucrative careers. That's correct. Yeah, to come into yeah. something yeah. that you're going to build a right. brand. A startup. That, a startup yeah. that is recognized and now probably the most um, outstanding cafe. Um, I, I understand. On TripAdvisor. Trip number one. Number one. Definitely. Coffee House in yeah. the Bahamas. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Outdoing, out you know, the big, you know, the other big brand that we yeah. know of. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. family business. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. And... This is no accident because Annie Russell, my mother, <clears throat> was a pioneer as an entrepreneur. In the, in the late 60s, she saw an opportunity. Uh, she was a registered nurse, but she decided that she wanted to help the young children in the neighborhood, and she opened up an early childhood education school. Now, what was interesting was this. She went and got herself trained as an early childhood education teacher, mm -hmm. from, a, from a nurse to a teacher. And if you go through the names of the kids who went to Annie Russell School back in the, mm -hmm. in the, in the early 60s, you'll be amazed where they are today. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll just drop some names. Uh, Obi and Michelle, Obi and Michelle Penland. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Cardwell Brown, Dr. Mm. Cardwell Brown. Mm. The Honorable Glennis Hanna Martin. Oh, okay. Now listen, now, now, do you know who their parents were at the time? Yeah. And so Annie Russell attracted 
the 35-year-old professionals yep. who were just moving. Before independence, who were professionals, she attracted that, that group of individuals. They trusted Annie Russell. Yeah. With their children. With their children. Mm -hmm. That's right. Because she was a nurse, but she, she had integrity. Absolutely. Yeah. And she built this, this early childhood education, which still exists today. Mm -hmm. My sister runs, and my, my, my sister-in-law runs the early childhood education, Annie Russell Kindergarten. And also, my niece has an early childhood education uh, uh, school in the West. So mm -hmm. that's third generation wow. that came from Annie Russell. And these are, these are the stories that we want to be able to tell, mm -hmm. to reveal, to share, yeah. so that we can inspire generations that come after us and how they can build their legacies. Mm -hmm. And so when you share that story of how you came up, how your parents started, and your mother is an educator, your father in a brick business, your, your mother is a nurse, yes. and then later... Uh, uh, a trained educator. It's amazing to see how they actually interwove all of these things to get us to where we are today. Yeah. I want to just add this though, in addition to that, Annie Russell partnered with Dr. Doris Johnson mm. and they formed the Early Childhood Education Association in the Bahamas oh. to oversee all of the nurseries and the early childhood education schools in the Bahamas. And they wrote the curriculum, and they wrote the, 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 the framework. The Bahamas government is using that right now, the Ministry of Education. And as a result of that, Annie Russell was awarded the MBE from the mm -hmm. government of Bahamas for her work in this business. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Because when I, when I started school, actually, you know, Generally, we started at the age of five or six. Right. And so you see now where the Bahamas has made mandatory that we have early childhood learning centers where mm -hmm. kids are introduced to um, socialization Correct. and playing together and the fundamentals of the beginning of education through mm -hmm. early education. And so it harkens back to pioneers such mm -hmm. as Annie Russell mm -hmm. and um, Dame Doris Johnson, Johnson who yeah. we, we, we're still celebrating today. Yes. So we, yes. we thank you so much for sharing that with us because these are the building blocks upon yeah. which we have built our houses, if you will, mm -hmm. yeah. upon which whose shoulders we stand today, um, five generations out. Yeah. Yeah. And I just wanna highlight my grandparents, Louis and Ernestine, my grandfather, he had a third grade education, you know, but when he finished his life, he was a very successful black man. You know, he built many communities. He was a single, he built many single family homes. He was um, a pastor. He was a pastor as well. He gave loans to he black families. He built, he financed yeah. and built yeah. homes. Yeah. When black families couldn't even Go walk into the bank. And, the bank. and he was able to, he was able, he was so well respected that color did, it mattered but they respected him so much that he was able to do business with anyone. And his education didn't deter him from getting to where he got. You know, he had a determination to be who he was. I have a question. Yeah. In what year was your father born? My, my father? Yes, my father, 1926. Yes. Mm -hmm. 1926. 
Okay, so he was in that Jim era. Jim Crow. That's right. Segregation. That's right. He was exactly in that era. Um, Sir Milo was 20 years ahead of that. Mm. But the parallels, um, the drive, yeah. the, 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 the civil activism, yeah. Yeah. the fact that they're able to work hard, um, save, yeah. and then turn around to help other to black persons. That's right. 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 Those are the stories that just parallel and mirror each other so well yeah. that brings the Russell and the Butler family so <laughs> close so together. So incredibly close together. He had a strong wife also. Oh, well, let's oh. talk about and it. Yeah. Was, was, was educated. We she had a put master's. you on all episodes of the podcast. She had, <laughs> she had a master's in education. So you see, you see the yeah. support system he had. Absolutely. My mother got a master's at the same time right. that I got my BS. Wow. We graduated yeah. together. together. Incredible. She was a my, determined woman. Right. And yeah. my father, see, back at the time, my mother, when she was uh, probably in about 11th, 12th grade, um, at that time, if you were like head of the class, you were, you know, you became a monitor class, or something. You became like a teacher. Mm -hmm. you, you were teaching. And wow. so at a certain uh, time, they allowed uh, teachers, those persons who had done that, those years were given as credit. I see. And so my father, who worked, as he said, a third grade education, he was a visionary, mm -hmm. a very smart man. What he did, he um, made sure my mother went back to university to get her degree. Wow. Yeah. wow. And so she became an educator. And actually, um, when I was in high school, you know, by the time, adolescence, I would say, adolescence, high school, I had worked, my mom was a, a business person as well. She was a teacher, mm -hmm. but she was a business person because with the church, um, she was always raising money for various ministries. Yep. So when she's raising money for the ministries in the church, that means we have to work. Exactly. She would sell dinners, <laughs> chick, catfish dinners on weekend, fried um, chicken dinners on weekend, mm -hmm. uh, brownies, sweet potato pies. Oh, yeah. Um, pecan, pecan candy. candy. Yeah. But, but the yeah. church was an integral part of the socialization mm -hmm. process yeah. um, that grounded us as well. Yeah. But, you know, looking, looking at all of those components, looking at how you actually instilled in your children their own professional careers, and it comes back full circle now to how, mm -hmm. how do you manage? Because you've told us about how you got to where you are, as different professionals, all mm. in your own rights. But how do you manage this now in your family business, in a family setting, with everyone having, um, if you will, <laughs> a strong academic, intellectual achievement in, in, in a different discipline? <laughs> let, let me respond to yeah. that. Uh, we have three sons. One is a, is a PhD. He's a professor at the university. Of the Bahamas, but he's involved in the business. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, my second, our second son, has an MBA and he's an electrical engineer. engineer. Mm -hmm. And Quinn is an architect. Mm -hmm. And they all were working in their own profession. And once we made the once we made the decision, and we made the call, they bought into the vision. Now this vision of getting into the family business, into the coffee business, they knew about that vision 20 years ago. It was communicated. Yeah. It was communicated. You know because I was yeah. always researching. A dinner, dinner every night. Every night. Every parent about at home. Every yeah. And so they were hearing. And I think table, that is so important. Yeah, at the dinner table, every yeah. night, they would hear, we're going to get into our own business. So yeah. 
And so when I made the call, you see, they realized that they could maximize their purpose mm -hmm. in the family business and achieve their goals and build a legacy in yeah. their business. And so wow. that's why they all came in they came back. and joined. They returned home. They, yeah. returned. they returned to the box. Yeah. My, my, mm -hmm. my uh, older son was a professor at uh, FAMU. Yeah. Okay. My, my middle son was an was a engineer uh, Rockwell. at Rockwell International, Fortune 500. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Quinn, was, uh, Quinn was working with the largest architect firm in, my in South Florida. In South yeah. Florida. Yeah. Architectonica, who designed Brickell City Center, okay. American Airlines Arena, all the skyscrapers downtown. Oh, my yeah. goodness. But they all came home. Yeah. One by one. To, 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 and the they bought up. into the vision. They <laughs> yeah. bought the into, vision. They bought yeah. into the vision. So the vision will, will, will succeed when I go home to meet with the Lord and my wife. Vision in this, in this family will always live. But I, I will say it's beyond the vision. You, the only way to plug that vision in is you have to see someone doing it. Yeah. So my parents, they haven't mentioned, but they are entrepreneurs individually. Yeah. Um, even before we created Lewis and Steens, my mom, she founded the first special education school in Grand Bahama. Oh. That, Alternative education. School. That, um, you know, was, was ahead of its time because um, in the 90s, children, you know, if you had learning disabilities, mild to moderate disabilities, you just fell in the back of the class. Mm -hmm. People call you all or they hid you away at yeah. home yeah. But, but, yeah. Most, so these were most yeah. in grand like they thought that uh, special education meant that you were mentally retarded yeah so no school wanted special education programs. i got you yeah and, so. and yeah. so people when when she opened that school there were so many of my friends from um from sunline and from discovery that they learned differently and they felt maybe ashamed they went to that school got up to par, and then they were streamed back into different Many public and private schools. They ju you just needed to identify mm. their methodology of yeah. learning Correct. so that they Correct. could reach their full potential. Yeah. Yeah. And your mother was able to zoom in on that for yeah, them. For and sure. as, right. as an American coming into a foreign country, you know, it was not the easiest thing, thing to, do, right? to get people to believe in her vision because you know she's not from here. Yeah. But she also demonstrated this strong vision when she shared with you when mm. when her and Larry determined that we are going to create a mm -hmm. family business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that is the importance and therein lies also the importance of the influence of that strong female, mm -hmm. um, you know, presence in, oh, yeah. absolutely, in our families. 100%. And you also yeah. mentioned sitting around yeah. the, dinner the dinner table. table. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Communicating and communicating, in, talking. Yeah. And a lot of people lose the fact that in families, there are so many different things that people are looking at, but there's one thing that unifies us. We all have to eat. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. That's, yeah. that's for sure. So yeah. why not eat together? Yeah. 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 And when we eat together, we talk together. Yeah, absolutely. Correct. One of the things I want to mention also, I met my wife in university, and I always wanted to come back to the Bahamas and open my own engineering company. And, but I wanted to get proper training. And so after university, I went to work for a Fortune 500 company called Honeywell International. I, and I was, I was an engineering manager in the aerospace and defense group. But I always wanted to come back to the Bahamas. You were there for like 14 years. 14 no, years. During, okay. came back to during the, the Cold War. <laughs> and yeah. I said to my wife, we're going, we're going back to the Bahamas. Because I wanted, I had two, two objectives. I wanted my three sons to grow up 
as Bahamians. I got you. And I wanted to open yeah. my own engineering company. So we moved back to the Bahamas, to Freeport, and I got a job with Syntex Pharmaceutical yeah. as the engineering manager mm -hmm. back in the 80s. We moved back in 87. And in, in 90, I think in 97, I opened up my own engineering company in Freeport. And my sons worked in the business mm -hmm. when they were in college. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And so my, my oldest son, he worked for the company. Davin, who was an engineer, worked for the company. So they mm -hmm. were working in the yeah. company. I got a question. But what, what my dad did, what he did in Mensa. In Louisiana. Yeah, I worked with. I said, because mm -hmm. he was interested in architecture and my family had a construction business. We sent him in the summers to Louisiana yeah. to work. So, in so was it field. mandatory to work in the family business? Yeah. Or? Um, no, oh, definitely not. Switch. We wanted to. No, we wanted to. But but what my dad did mention is the company that he founded um, is an international engineering firm out of Scotland, and so they sent over um, their firm because they were building the container port. They're building oh, all I the see. cranes. So he works for this company, and he worked under foreigners yeah. who were less experienced, less qualified. And he worked his way up, and he ended up buying the company. Oh. And so his company, you know, he he created he created from the ground up because he moved up. You know, Your dad's modest in, in, in yeah. how he's telling the story. story. That's for sure. So he didn't that's mention sure. that part. You know? but, yeah, but he, yeah. you know, he moved his way up and 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 took over. So here we go. We have Lewis and Steens. We have a grocery store business back in Louisiana. We have an architect business, engineering, an engineering business. Sorry. In our family, we went from we raising went from livestock, selling ice, selling ice, you know, selling liquor, um, getting into nightly entertainment, Correct. renting houses. Mm -hmm. I mean, just doing every manner of things that entrepreneurship uh, encompassed. Mm -hmm. So my question is, there's this parallel between our families. Is this entrepreneurship instinctive? Are you born with it? or? How is this cultivated? Because this is a phenomenon I think many enterprising Bahamians and others who listen in the audience want to understand. How do you, where does I, this curiosity yeah. for business come from? I think it's, it's both. I think it's environmental. I think seeing my grandparents, I had the, the fortune to see them in their element, you know, working, like my mom said, raising funds for the church, um, you know, just being entrepreneurs, I saw that with my grandparents on both sides, Bahamian and American, and then seeing my parents doing their own startups, I think that can only affect, you know, uh, a young person growing up in a positive way and instill in them that same drive and passion. However, I also think that's where that can stop. You have to, to be, to be a successful, continuous entrepreneur, you have to fight. You know, it's, it's every day something happens and you have to, you know, maintain your, your vision and your dedication to, to the idea. And so some people, you know, they, they, maybe they can't handle that or they just want the security of a nine to five because there's a lot of doubt, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of um, setbacks that you might have. But you use the word fight because sometimes there really yeah, yeah, are I'll, fights, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Fighting of the wills, fighting, oh, yeah. you know, you know, really design, how are we going to yeah. move forward? I'm, I think the family dynamics, yeah. there is always oh, yeah, a fight. 100%, I'm, I'm, you know, a trained architect, my brother and my dad, they're trained engineers. My brother is a, a, science, a, a scientist, yeah, a scientist a at the core. So sometimes our ideas 
you know, slam like that. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially when you have a visionary. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I think I think that is that is so important because, you know, before you get to that actual end result, there's a lot of wrangling, yes, a yeah, lot of, of back and forth, yeah, yes. a lot of differences in yeah. opinions and the way forward. And I don't think people get that. They always think it's an easy, easy road. road. No, it's no, not no, easy. No, no, it's no. not an easy road. And it's not all um, a bowl of roses. Correct. And then when you get the reception from the public, you know, some people will just love what you do, and then there are people who absolutely hate it. And that, when that first bad view comes, or that first, you know, gapsy that you might hear someone say something, it, it, it's like a dagger to the knife. You, you've created this vision, you, it's your child. You yeah. release it to the world, so you have to really be strong, because if you let outside factors, you know, um, determine how you see yourself and, and how you want your business to operate, You'll you'll be uh, fear stricken and and you won't do it. So you have to you know. So another thing that I see parallels in though is that you've got a strong Christian foundation. foundation. Mm -hmm. I yes. think all of our families yeah. generally, you know, the church was such a huge and integral part of who we are as human beings mm -hmm. that we do realize that the principles of Christianity mm -hmm. is what actually important. keeps us together, <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. especially when there are outside forces trying to tear you apart. Correct. Mm -hmm. and I think that's also, you know, Pastor Miles, you know, I've been at BFM uh, many years myself, and I always remember him talking about, you know, making your passion, starting your passion even through church, whether selling cookies or mm -hmm. bread, because that's really where you create the value, right? By yeah. actually mm -hmm. testing whether this passion right. is really entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And I hear yeah. that coming through loud and clear that this service to church is actually the first testing of your passion. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. right. And I think people yeah. feel like you wake up tomorrow morning and you decide you can be, you know, a bank or, mm -hmm. or, or open a bank or whatever it is that your vision is calling for. So, you know, that's the one thing that I think is another parallel Loretta for us. But one of the things I want to talk about, Quinn, and, uh, you know, to <clears throat> both your parents is talk to me about how the conflicts get resolved. <laughs> because if you have a visionaire in your, in your brother, and I hear your mom specifically say, this is the problem when you have a visionaire like your, yeah. your oldest yeah. brother. Yeah. I, I, I heard that emphasis. <laughs> I, Let's yeah. talk about, you know, how do we deal with conflict resolution and, and what impact does it have, particularly on, you know, sibling rivalries, relationships, yeah. whatever yeah. you want to describe that. I think it, it comes down to, you know, really how we were raised. You know, even though we might go off track and we have our arguments or we have our disagreements, business it continues when that time comes to open the door the problems have to be pushed away or resolved and so i think you know we are all just dialed into making our vision what we will be set out for it to do and so um we just have that in our nature um from the russells from the carters my grandparents from louisiana are carters and so they always came back together as a family. You know? well, I'm so glad you guys were able to do that because it's I can tell you, easy. my family. Yeah, let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you some of the challenges Don't tell we all have. Our business, yeah. right, but you can give, <laughs> no, give a little no, snapshot. No, 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 I gotta yeah. tell you. Well, I'm the first. Yeah. Or I'm yeah. the oldest. Absolutely. And I think I should do this. Yeah. And you know, you get this sort of dynamic interplay with, with family members who seem to think because of their position in birth. Correct. That they have the, the only ideas. But they have the, the, but the thing is, the, and the yeah. best. I it, think what yeah. we've done also as a family in this business is we have defined our roles. Our roles. Yeah. That's critical. This is our president. Mm -hmm. He is the overseer. Um, I'm a vice president. I oversee uh, purchasing, mm -hmm. 
and also recipes, uh, the recipes. The dishes, working with the head chef. Work with the head chef. Mm -hmm. Quinn is our marketing director, mm -hmm. uh, our visionary. Davin is our, he works over Operation. finance and operations. Yeah. Tara, his wife, she has a degree, an MBA also uh, in personnel. HR. And, and HR. Yeah. So, and our eldest son, Larry Jr., he is a scientist. So he's over quality of management. That quality is amazing. So and and I want to I want to I, I see Franklin laughing because you know when 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 we transitioned from generation two to generation three, we do not believe that in the Butlers we had that well-defined role position, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. That has helped us a lot. And, yeah. and, and so, you know, when you talk about organizational charts and job descriptions and stuff, in families, mm -hmm. I we think... We often take those we for granted. We have job descriptions. Absolutely. Yeah. Have and job and, and descriptions. That, that, is, that is key. Yeah. That but is that's, key. That's the business uh, coming out of me because mm -hmm. that's what I started out with. I got you. As an engineer, mm -hmm. we are very structured. And so one of the things that was important was to have define expectations and roles in the family business. Mm -hmm. And so, so everybody knows their lane, and yep. they have to stay in their lane. And, and there's cross-pollination and so forth. And we, we, have, we have disagreements, but you know, in business, uh, we like to have consensus. But when the chairman says, this is the direction we're going in, that's the direction. Love it. Love it. And that's what happens. And yeah. so, you know, but I think that works well when mommy and daddy are present. Mm -hmm. yeah, Among yeah. siblings, you know, they can. <laughs> can. Birth automatas in, yeah. in a very different way because yeah. even your mom saying your brother's a visionary, that carries weight, right? Yeah. Because now yeah. mommy always says, I was a visionary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and mommy yeah. ain't here to, yeah. to, 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 to yeah. massage Correct. that visionary's Correct. imprint on yeah. the business in the way that... Yeah, I think it's just because we are so all, we're all different but similar. So I know what my strong, suit are, strong suits are. And so I bring that to the table. And what I can do, my dad or my brother might not be able to, to do the same yeah. or bring to fruition the same way that you know, people love. But yeah. for other families listening to this podcast yes. today and wanting to take a lesson away as to how they can build what you have built, how the butlers have built, and other families like us, I think, it's, I think we've hit on a very important point. Mm. And that point being that you know, everybody has a defined role. Right. They know what their role is. Um, in chaos, you're going to have a lot of problems. Yeah. Yes. But by having a defined structure. organization and structure to everything, yeah. um, there will still be problems. Yeah. But you will know who is going to solve a particular problem. Yeah. We and and yes. how it comes together. We, we recognize we're competing with the big boys. Okay. And so you can't come without a strategic plan. Absolutely. You have to come with a plan. You have to be structured if you're going to compete in the market. Yeah. And, and so we realize that we have to have structure yeah. to be competitive. And I, 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 I didn't mention our, our vision, but our vision is this. The, the, to be a specialty coffee house, a local specialty coffee house, with a global vision, wow. brewing love in every cup. Mm -hmm. Now, when you brew love in every cup, that means you, you have to live to, that thing. You have to live it. <laughs> that's the part. That's the hard part. It. You have to live it with your customers, and that's why we're number with one. <laughs> we're number one uh, on, tra on TripAdvisor is yeah. because if you read our reviews, mm -hmm. I would guarantee ninety percent 
of the reviews talks about our customer service. Wow. See, so we brew, so we, we live our vision on a daily basis, and it, it generated from the family. There's a lot of love in this family. Absolutely. Yeah. And, because right yeah. from your very first coffee house, I mean, even your strategic locations. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Um, they, they've, they've been very intentional. Yes. Right. I think sometimes people go into businesses and they don't, first of all, they don't do their market studies. Correct. Yeah. They don't look at their environs. Yep. Yeah. They don't look at, you know, what sort of atmosphere it is they want to create to reach that level of success. But, you know, from your very first coffee house, um, the location, just overlooking mm -hmm. the ocean, mm -hmm. yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know, you look back at Sir Milo Butler, I don't know what vision he had, but as a black man going on to Bay, Bay Street, Street back yeah. in those days was absolutely visionary. <laughs> yeah. So location, 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 yeah. prime real estate, that's absolutely. what you selected. Mm -hmm. Right now you're obviously in one of the hottest areas in terms of location. Development. You're in the airport industrial park area mm -hmm. where there's a lot of vibrancy, lots of youth, yeah. lots of motion, lots of movement, lots of interaction with visitors and locals. Correct. So I think I think it's really, really important that when you look at all of these factors, this is what goes into making you the success that you are. Yeah. So I got one question. When does the business end and the family start? <laughs> oh, it, it, it's all intertwined. It, it, it never, it never no. ends. We do family vacations, we do dinners together, but really, um, yeah, it, it's we talk about all kinds of things, mm -hmm. but we also talk about business. All the time. We have family. We have family. Uh, dinners every week. Okay, every S week, Sunday, every Sunday. We yeah. meet as a family. Everybody, everybody. Yeah. Wow, yeah. everybody. And now our grands. And now our grand. And we discuss family, but a business item might come up, and we will address it. Good. We take family, all. We take family vacations. The whole family went to. So everybody goes. Everybody, everybody goes. Everybody goes. We shut the business down. Okay. Or we or, or we allow or we allow it to stay open. Yeah. Depending on the timing. Yeah. But we 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 operate as a family in, in all areas of our lives. And I think, Fantastic. you know. And that's very important, yeah. mm -hmm. very important. Yeah, outside, you know, I know a lot of people are weary of family businesses, but because of the dynamics and because of the fallout, but at the same time, it's like, it's you against the world. Yeah. And who better to be against the world than with your family? Yeah. You know, if you come from a family that is, that is connected. Uh, and I think the, the upbringing, I come back to that, that's what centers us because you know, this is your blood. You can't, you can't go against. You can't let that go. You know, so it's it's very important to you know to us, and so that's why we always come back to the vision because you know the vision is family uh, centered. You know, one of the things I hear in what you say is this idea of mindset, mm -hmm. and the mindset that we are not the biggest, we are not entitled, we are up against yes. the establishment. Yes. And so this is our fight. That's really what that grocery store yeah. meant in Louisiana. 100%. That's what Samilo's store over the hill was like. Listen, yeah. from Bay Street to over the hill, since you only want me on Bay Street, we are not anti-establishment, but we yeah. got to make sure take on the establishment right. to right. recognize that we got to be twice as good. 
Because I think that's also would get lost as the dynamics of the family. I think certainly in our environment, there's a sense of entitlement creeps up because now you're a big fish. You know, mm -hmm. we come right. from the Milo Butler legacy. Right. As opposed to appreciating, and listen, there's a whole world that's happening outside of us and we got to be wary of the outsiders, not the insiders. Yeah, right. And rewriting our story. And I think this is really what this podcast gives us an opportunity to do, to, mm -hmm. to tell our stories and to give other people an opportunity to look and listen, our legacy ain't just a business. Our legacy is this ability to tell these other stories of mm -hmm. Samilo's mm -hmm. lives and to yeah. engage with yeah. the Russells and to hear the parallels of your journey and ours because a lot of people look at their suffering today but don't recognize that that is actually their blessing for tomorrow. Wow. Oh, that's powerful. Wow. That's, yeah. Yeah. That is powerful. Yeah. 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 And, and, and do you think that maybe sometimes, I mean, that was so well said, that we, and I know you've brought this to the fore many times, we sometimes don't want to endure Absolutely. the suffering, yeah. mm -hmm. you know? to get to the end result. You know, the, yeah. the, the saying is that the darkest hour is just right. before the, 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 the yeah. sunrise. Yeah. Sometimes it gets so dark in your struggle, in your suffering, you almost want to give up. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But how, what gives us that drive to continue on to the, the success? Yeah. Well, that's, my mom uh, and, and that's a good, that, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's reality. Yeah. And people just see, see, they just see the end product. Yeah. But there's a lot of struggle mm -hmm. we went through at, in, at Lewis and Steens. And we continue. And we continue yeah. through challenges. Yeah. But you have to have a vision and you have to have a passion for what you're doing. And once you have a passion, the struggles are just, uh, they're just struggles. Yeah. They just the make you stronger. Daily occurrences. To stay yeah. the course. Yeah. And, you know, as entrepreneur, you have to have you have to take a risk. Yeah. You can't be risk neutral yeah. or risk adverse. Yes. You have to take some risks. Yeah. And sometimes, you, but it has to be, it has to be uh, calculated risk, yep. mm -hmm. okay? With business plans and strategic ah, plans, as you said. Yeah. You must have strategic yeah. plans and business plans. Yeah. And you have to have a good financial uh, 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 foundation, foundation yeah. when yeah. you're doing business. Two things I would recommend anybody going to business, have a good accountant and have a good lawyer. Yeah. When you're getting into business, you need those two things, those two individuals or those two... Uh, Skill uh, sets. Yes, are important in terms of establishing the business, in terms of understanding the numbers. Because there's so many businesses go out of business because they don't understand the numbers. They don't yeah. understand, they don't have appreciation for the numbers. And that's a good way of going out of business. Yeah, yeah. 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 Especially, you know, just to draw it back, because, you mm. know, one of the... One of the challenges we see are generational businesses in colored or mm. black families. Yeah. Yeah. And we both come from black family mm -hmm. backgrounds, building right. this generational business, generational wealth, sustainability. Mm -hmm. And I think that what you have said is important. The fundamentals of business, yes. the sacrifices, yes. um, the values through um, legal frameworks, yeah. if you will. Um, we must ensure that our black people, because you, you, I mean, sometimes you say, well, you know, there's the color privilege and everything. Sometimes we don't have that privilege. Well, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes we have adversity where 
we're shut out because of our color. Yeah. And how important is it for us to be that much stronger and more resilient to continue on for these generational things? Because yeah. there are many businesses that have withstood generations, but there are very few of color. Mm -hmm. Correct. That right. have done it. Right. Yeah. Do you, do you know that 30 percent, well, excuse me, 70 percent of family businesses, they fail after the second, the second generation. Yep. And 90 percent fail after the third generation. Yep. Wow. yep. So it would be interesting to see how many in terms of our ethnicity how that failure yeah. rate translates yes. Yes. as yes. well. Yes. Yes. Because, you know, we may say in the Bahamas, oh, black crab syndrome, but mm. it's a very real syndrome. Yes. Yeah. It is a very real thing. Yeah. And so even when we started this podcast, we don't want to be racial in any which way, but we want to demonstrate to the majority of our people in the Bahamas around the world that black people can make a success Absolutely. of things yeah. and that black people can go up against these huge established companies that have been around with lots and lots of money Capital. for many Endless. generations. Endless. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we recognized when we started uh, the specialty coffee mm -hmm. house in, 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 in the Bahamas. And that's why we went with a specialty coffee, because we were the first. We were a pioneer in that area, yeah. because mm -hmm. the other guys were not a specialty coffee Correct. house. Correct. They're just a coffee house. Correct. And we became certified as the American uh, certified Coffee Association, and we we introduced the first drive-through coffee shop in the Bahamas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Introduced. We introduced uh, 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 an app, an app-based pay-as-you-go mm -hmm. uh, uh, coffee shop. Yeah. And Fantastic. so we 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 were trend. We are. You were trend, innovators. Absolutely. Yeah. Pioneers. Pioneers. Yeah. Trailblazers. In, in the area <laughs> of the coffee specialty business. And, and yeah. you know it's. It's interesting as we talk about the, the sustainability of black businesses, mm. um, it's important because uh, we realize, and I, I, I hearkened a little bit to the black syndrome, the black, black crab, crab syndrome, mm. but in every ethnicity, you find that they support their own. Mm -hmm. And we sometimes are not confident enough mm -hmm. as black people to want to support, support our own. Yeah. So when you see a Lewis and Steen compared to one of the imported brands, which is probably of you know a different ethnicity, mm -hmm. how do you withstand and stand up and stand tall and still be number one yeah. as that black enterprise that is doing well and successful? Well, I'll start. I, I want to share just one story that my mom shared with me about my um, grandmother, Ernestine. You know, she got her MBA, but she was a teacher when desegregation happened. My mom told us how she taught at this school that was a desegregated school, but there were still relatively no black kids there. It was, a slow, there was a slow transition. It was so a, she, a, a town that was all white. Yeah. Okay. And so my grandfather said to her, just go back to the black school, teach there. But during that time, those schools were not funded, they were yep. poorly managed, they were just shambles. Yep. And so my grandmother, she was placed in that, that school and she said she's not, she's not leaving. You know, she had the option to leave, but she didn't leave. And every day, they would accost her with all kinds of racial slurs, they slashed her tires. They uh, call her home. They call the home. You know. Yeah. Threats. So, so for me, hearing that and being, you know, being raised by my grandmother, every summer we would go. I would, I, particularly me, I would always go. So I have no choice but to, you know, be uh, a strong uh, black so uh, entrepreneur. Yeah. 
And I, but I also, I never see myself as, um, this is a black-owned business. I want to be the best business. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. I want to be the best business. It, so, no, it, colors should not play a role it in does, it. It does, though. It, it does. But. Uh, but, but the point is the fact that you're able to create a brand mm. that whoever comes in there, it doesn't matter the color of the ownership, Correct. but it's a world-class product. Uh, people mm. That, that have, is important. Yeah, they've come in, and then when people, you know, because at the Bahamas, people like to know who yeah, owns who things. It? Then they realize, They're oh, shocked that this yeah, yeah. is a black-owned business. I've been in businesses <laughs> like that that I've been affiliated yeah, with. Shocked. Because, and this is, the you standard. know, I mean, it's a difficult subject to talk about, yeah. but unfortunately, we always think of ourselves as that second tier citizenship, yeah. that second grade um, professional. Yeah. Yeah. And so when someone comes in and goes, oh, does a white person own this business? Yes. That's the question that you don't Correct. want to say, but that's Correct. what they're asking. Who are you fronting for? In the beginning, question. that's what people... Who are you fronting for? It has for? to be an and investor. We, we just smile it, and we said, know? well, we're not fronting for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And see, this is what yeah. we want to draw out and of this, we want because we want people to understand that these are the measuring sticks. Yeah. That you're, when you create a world-class product, no matter who you are, people don't expect that to come from Absolutely. someone of our hue. Correct. We've Correct. got to change that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. We've got to change that, and we've got to show that we mean business, yeah. and that we're going to sustain this. Yeah. So, Quinn, what I hear from you mm -hmm. is, it ain't about being black. Yeah. It's all about black excellence yes. and having a degree of excellence Correct. that really caused people to say, listen, we, we could set the standard. Absolutely. We have. We, have you Absolutely. Know, we really have. Like, that's, that's why I say, you know, it's us against the world. Yeah. You know, so it's not, you know, um, I have to prove myself worthy because yeah. I... You, you are know, worthy. And it comes back to how we were raised. My parents always told us. You don't that, need validation. No, they put us in places and spaces that you, you, you didn't see us, Absolutely. you know? Um, and so with tennis and with schooling, um, all those things, you know, gave us the confidence to say, we're here and we're going to run circles around you. And <laughs> you we're know? not going to so, be ignored. <laughs> no, you know, so that's, I think, it, as I said, it's the, fam amazing. the family unit and how you're raised and how you're exposed. And you don't need, you don't need necessarily money for that. You just need a mindset. That's and values. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the sort of thing that we were brought up in, Franklin? I mean, we, we were never told that. We were never told that we couldn't go anywhere. Or that we, we couldn't were, achieve anything. Or that we were less than. Yeah. We never right? knew because that. I think that is part we of never. the challenge that when you come from our communities, yeah. we inevitably consume that we are less than. Yeah. Because we're not allowed to go into certain areas. We're not able history. to. Exactly. Yeah. We have to let. And I think this is why telling your story, telling our story is so important because we need everybody listening to this podcast who of color who want to be an entrepreneur to recognize it. Listen, you ain't less than. Yeah. Your level of self-actualization means that you could do whatever you want to do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And be right. the best yeah. in what That's you right. do. Yeah. It's your passion. It's the gift that God has you know, given, you? given to you. Mm -hmm. And it's hard work. Absolutely. You have yeah. See, it's you can't think that you're going to start a business and let someone else run. Absolutely. And you just leave. <laughs> Say that out. again. Say that again. Because a lot job. of people that, think that's the, the way. That's, <laughs> that, that, and that's why. That's, that's what a lot scale. of people think. Yeah. They think, oh, okay, I've opened the I'll business. Open now business, let someone else run it. And then the run. next thing, they have no business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you have to be willing to sacrifice yeah. and work. Roll up your sleeves. And, you know, what yeah. we do in the business, we train. We train. And 
uh, you know, we go through a lot of stuff. That's probably the most difficult part mm -hmm. of being in business. Because you cannot get a lot of people to understand you the commit. importance right. of being at right. the level where you and, need them to be. And they yeah. are used to a certain culture. Yeah. And they want to bring that culture into no, 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 no. This say, is how no. it's done. Yeah. yeah, because we have to keep the standards. And so many times, you know, people they they don't want to work. And you say yeah. thank you very much, right? But you know, yeah. you just don't fit this. Yeah. And then when they walk out and they don't show up. Then you have got to be there to pick up the pieces. Me, yeah. yeah. family members. We Absolutely. jump in. We jump in. And we work the business yeah. because we are we are skilled in the business. Absolutely. And that is the key to success in family businesses because yeah. you know you look at corporations where they have unions and people say, oh, I'm going to strike and I'm going to mm. step out. Yeah. In family businesses where you may yeah. not have that many persons, mm. when sure. the guys decide the that yeah. hey, I ain't coming to work today. Yeah. Boy, listen, you better know how to do all the nitty gritty. The you better know how to change the, and the tire. Minute you do it, the less you... likely they are to, to, to pull a fast. Absolutely. Yeah. And so yeah. when they know that you could do it all, yep. and they, they not only do they adhere, but they respect you as well. Yeah. 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 Great. So I, I want to just kind of shift gears and talk. You know, we talked about some of the challenges of business, you know, mm -hmm. looking for support. But more so than support, you're really setting a standard of excellence as black people in business, right? Really being, being able to redefine what excellence looks like, quite frankly, whether that's in the coffee shop business, whether that's in retail or, or you know, real estate, whatever that is. And so it really asks me a question, so what is the biggest joy that you guys get for being in business? I know you guys can fill in when nobody shows direct, but surely that's not the most exciting part of the journey. Talk about some of the your best times the family in business and really What's kind of had the biggest impact on, on you guys as a family being in business? I, I think for me, um, it's, it does keep us unified as a family. Okay. And I really love that. Uh, unity is, you know, it's power. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that part is very important for me. We are unified. We are unified in business. We are unified when we're not in business. We, it keeps us unified. And that's a blessing. Um, also, I think that, um, I forgot the question. No, um, what, what, what brings you the greatest satisfaction joy. Yeah, and joy in having your family business? Um, also, the greatest joy is when we create something, we, when we plan something, mm. when you know, we decide to uh, come up with something new, a new idea, and then we see yeah. people come and, and love enjoy it. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, and yeah. so that that's positive Powerful. feedback, yeah. which it's gives you the validation of success. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's very simple. When I sit down and I look at my three sons, our three sons, yeah. and I'm in, I am in parting, I'm coaching, yeah. I'm mentoring. Yeah. All of the, for the past 40 years of experience in business, I'm passing it on. Yeah. And to me, that is, that is the best joy that I could ever get mm -hmm. as a father, as a businessman, to see, my, to see our three sons sitting around the board table and I'm mentoring them and I'm imparting information on, on business to them to take it on to the next, to, to, to even take it to the next level. Yep. Yeah. 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 So I've got mm -hmm. to ask this question. This is important to me. Knowing that you have an organizational chart, knowing that you, you have job definitions, um, and as you look forward, 
to your growth, your sustainability. And obviously, your vision to this point has been fulfilled. What exactly does the future of the Russell legacy look like? Legacy. The enterprises. Mm -hmm. It may be Lewis and Staines, it may be other things. Do you have any idea that you can share with us what the next stage is mm -hmm. that you will be going into in your business and you know how you, you plan to execute that? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I will, I will uh, see that question. In business, you have to manage growth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to manage growth because if you don't manage growth, you got to go to business. Absolutely. And, and so, what we have done, we've put together a a a, a strategic plan on growth. Uh, we're moving into uh, areas. Uh, we want to move into the eastern part of the island. We're now primarily in the, in, the, in the western part of the island. We're talking with with uh, uh, potential uh, investors. No. We're looking at franchising. We've put together a franchising agreement already. We've had some discussions with individuals on franchising. So we are going to be expanding significantly in, in the Bahamas and outside the Bahamas. And we, 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 we're discussing uh, uh, franchising with, uh, with a family member in Chicago who mm. understand Lewis and Steen's brand. Uh, and so, and so growth, but we want to make sure we manage our growth because we want to maintain the quality of That's the product. Right. That's right. And the service that we, 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 because see, in business, it just takes one bad apple, one yeah, yeah. bad apple, yeah. it will, it destroy, will, it the will brand. destroy the brand. Yeah. Yeah. And so we got to make sure who we do business with and how we, how we grow. But the, but the future looks very bright. So the quality control mechanisms must be in place. Yes, in so. other words, I mean, just as generic as some of the franchises that we know mm -hmm. you go into, you expect the same quality. Yes. When you go into Lewis and Staines over in Dubai yes. next year, yeah. you want to know that you're having the same Lewis and Stain quality that you're having at Old Fort Bay. Correct. That's correct. correct. That's correct. We have a Lewis and Stain at Rubus uh, Glass and Road. You sure do. And mm -hmm. that quality is no different than the quality at Lewis and Steen in the West. Mm -hmm. And and Quinn actually runs that operation uh, at Rubus in the uh, in the heart of the uh, in the heart of Nassau yep. town. Yeah. Yeah. Different different clientele, but the expectation same experience. Of the, same experience. One thing to add to that, you know, I find it amazing that we're actually in a service station because that is where my grandparents started. The Carter's uh, Grocery was also yeah, a gas station, station too. and they served hot coffee and hot food. And, and so and now we're station. doing the same thing. <laughs> so, you know, when I, uh, back to the question about what brings us joy for our business, you know, when I walk into Market Orleans, that's our flagship, I'm just always amazed because it's almost like an outer body experience sometimes. It's so beautiful. And I'm like, we created this, yeah. but I, it feels like Someone else did it, yeah. you know, I'm proud of it. And then the service station is a totally different concept, um, but it ties into the foundation of Lewis and Ernestine Carter. Great. I love it, I Great. love it. One I of the things it. I want to just mention also, all of the branding of Lewis and Steen was designed by Quinn. Ah. Everything was done in-house. In -house. Fantastic. Every, yeah. in fact, Lewis and Steen's Every design. Uh, Everything. Uh, store was designed by Quinn, later by Quinn, and Davin, yeah, my yeah. son.
and actually during they did all the lockdown. They did so, the, they did the, they did the uh, construction also. It was oversee the construction. So a lot of stuff is done in house because they have the expertise. And when, Lori, you, when you talk about disagreements, that construction it was it was intense because it was during. Uh, the pandemic. That's their, that's yeah. their trademark intellectual property. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That is the secret, what do you call this? 11 ingredients 11 of, KFC. Spices. <laughs> of KFC. Yeah. That's, yeah. Your, that's yours. Yeah. And every family, every entrepreneurial family has some secrets Absolutely. that will be inherent to them. And yeah. those are driven by those same values that you guys talked about. So, Loretta, what an incredible story. I, absolutely incredible. I mean, I have known all my life um, Annie Russell and everything, but I mean, to sit, and of course I've gotten to know Lewis and Staines, which I love, but just to sit and hear the evolution of how you've come from your beginnings, your mm -hmm. embryo, yeah. to where you are today as an outstanding company. We want to commend you. Yes, thank you. We want to thank, thank you. you for being our and guest. I encourage you to keep on keeping on. Man. Yes, and we, and we want other young and other families as well to take lessons away from this podcast today. So thank you for sharing your, 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 your journey with us. Thank you. Thank, yeah. you. thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, yes. so... You know, just for our guests who have been watching this podcast, we want to thank you guys for listening to this great episode of the Legacy Podcast. Again, before we wrap up today, Loretta, we got to thank our sponsors, of course, uh, Echo here at The Current at Bahama. Thank you guys for this incredible venue. The Butler Legacy Foundation that continues to support our efforts to tell incredible stories that hopefully inspire and impact other families to do something about their own legacies. And so... To the Russell family, we want to thank you guys for being our guests and keep up the good work with Lewis and Steens. Maybe one day we'll have you guys sponsoring our show as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, thank and you so much. Definitely. And I, I, we just want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And I want to thank Franklin for actually, you know, getting me into this. I am so excited every time we get to, yeah. to do one of these podcasts. So thank you very much and thank you to everyone. Thank you, Loretta. You know, my day would never be the same without spending I love it. Time. Ah, Take there care. you go. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you very, very much. much. Thanks for having us. Thank Appreciate you. it. Yes.